0: And remember, you are a priority, and you matter. This is one of those getting real intimate moments about a panic attack that I had. Right, and in the moment, it was ridiculous. I mean, tears and snot everywhere. So I took a picture because I I did have like a brief moment of clarity. Eyes puffy, snot rolling down my face, tears everywhere. Just, but I, I did have a moment of clarity and took a picture so I could remember the moment. We always talk about, you know, social media especially, always having these fun times, these great moments of smiles and laughter, but it's not really real. And I always wanna make sure that I am providing you with what's really real. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us, or if it's gonna be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride, living the front seat life. Hello, and welcome to living the front seat life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I have a jam packed 15 minutes for you today. But before I get started, I want to thank LISC, Local Initiatives Support Corporation, for selecting me to be a 2021 Rubinger Fellow. Because of their investment in me, I'm able to bring this podcast to you. So thank you, Bethany, Tyra, Julie, and Maggie. A big shout out to Jazzy T, the realest producer in these virtual streets. If you're looking to start your own podcast, check her out. Now, listen, you guys, this podcast will dive into topics surrounding mental health and mental illness, and I want you to know that up front. You know, as a word of caution, there may be triggers in each episode. It's not anticipated. That is not my goal. That is not my plan or my desire for you. But I know that all of us have different life experiences. And so what may be an issue for one won't be for another. So I want to let you know that in advance. Since we're going to be diving into mental health and mental illness, I want to talk about some foundational things just so that we're all on the same page. Now, I mentioned at the end of our last show that I would be talking about components of living the front seat life. And the first part of that really is to acknowledge that you're the driver. Now, in acknowledging that you're the driver, there is a difference that I want to make sure that we discuss. A difference between mental health and mental illness. Mental health is the same or can be compared to physical health, right? When we are physically healthy, we are able to do things differently than we would if we were physically not well or ill or even had physical challenges. The same is true for mental health, right? How we operate when we are mentally healthy may even look the same as when we are experiencing a mental health issue, challenge, or illness, but it is different. Just like with physical health, if you're diabetic, you eat differently. Then because you eat differently, maybe you're able to do the same things physically, that you would have done if you were physically healthy. The same is true for mental health and mental illness. So when I'm I'm talking about mental health, I'm really talking about the day-to-day stuff that keeps us healthy, regular life stuff that we have control over, right? That will help us address our mental health just like our physical health. And also, like physical illness, mental illness is something that is diagnosable and diagnosable by a mental health professional. Um, it is something that causes distress to an individual, and by distress, I mean that the illness does not allow the the person to function the same as if they were mentally healthy. Now, maybe with interventions like um, therapy or medication, some self-care practices, you're able to function as you would if you were mentally healthy, right? But because of that particular illness, which will manifest itself in different ways depending upon the person, it's just going to be different, right? There is no no right or wrong. I just want to make sure that we, you and I, are on the same page when we're talking about mental health and mental illness. So someone like me who lives with a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. I have a set of um, checklists of things that I need to do in order to remain mentally healthy. For me, borderline personality disorder or depression or anxiety or anything else is going to look different than it does with someone else or in someone else who has, could be the exact same diagnosis. So let's just say there is a, another Black Kelly somewhere who is 44 years old and lives in a city similar to mine, has a similar background and story, same childhood trauma, same adult trauma, same life issues, right? If we have the same diagnosis, it is still not going to look the exact same. Because we're still different people, even though we have the same experiences, right? And so that is something that I I will come back to a lot in our conversations. But I want to make sure that I really uh, drive that home. I'll be introducing you guys to some of my resident experts. You'll meet them as the time comes, but they are people in my life that specialize in what they do. One is my resident mental health mom. You will meet her, not my actual mom, but a girlfriend of mine who is a mom and mental health is, it's a part of her profession, but also a part of um, who she is, how she works and how she deals with life how she deals with motherhood. So you'll meet her. Um, I also have a resident mental health chef and you'll be hearing from her as well. As we move forward, I'll be introducing you to some different folk. Uh, I want to keep it, you know, kind of in the family. And by that family, I mean, my people, I don't want to just introduce you to any old body, right? I want to make sure that the people that come on and talk about what living um, a front seat life is like, really understand what living a front seat life is all about. And so I'm really excited to to introduce you to those folks. So back to the component. So again, the first part of that is to acknowledge that you're the driver, right? If you're not acknowledging that you drive the car, it's kind of difficult to determine how you're going to make changes to a situation or if you're going to turn left or right, right? You got to acknowledge that you are the driver. Now, the next step is getting to know you. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Is getting to know you. The real you, the you you, the you that only you know. So this is like really an intimate journey, right? This, we're, we're talking about going where only you can be accountable to you. Right? There's no way for me to know what anyone else is thinking or There's no way for someone else to know what I'm thinking, right? But I know what's happening in my brain all the time. And for someone like me, I'm acutely aware and maybe a little overactive in my thinking and thought processes, but it's all good. So knowing you, that is the second step. Only you can be honest with you and only you know if you're truly being honest with yourself or not. For example, this is one of those getting real intimate moment. If you head over to my IG at The Front Seat Life, you'll see a post that I put up a, a couple of weeks ago about a panic attack that I had, right? and In the moment, it was ridiculous. I mean, tears and snot everywhere. And I thought it hit me out of the blue. Um, I was getting ready to walk out the door, but... As I took some time to really examine what was happening, examine the circumstances, it was more than just me leaving the house that was the cause of this panic attack. I was on my way, bike in hand, to a bike ride. Um, I work on a a project called Pride in Place Buffalo. And we were going to ride around the city, led by a local cyclist, Damon, a.k.a. Bangmatic on IG. He is an avid cyclist and makes cupcakes. Um, It sounds like those two things don't go together, but maybe he cycles as much as he does because he makes cupcakes. But anyways, this was my personal first big ride of the year. It was 25 miles, um, which is something that I can do. 25 miles isn't a ridiculous amount of, of miles, but it's towards really the end of my I'm comfortable riding this amount of miles without taking a nap somewhere in the middle but I was okay with the distance I knew since he was putting it together um that he would share it of course with his you know cycling peeps and there were probably a couple of them that came out now these are the big kids like <laughs> if you you should really head over uh to his IG and see some of the rides that they go on these guys get it in guys and gals these folks they get it in you know like in line drift like all of that that's them but this is a community ride so in my mind it's going to be a little bit different and i was okay with that or so i thought right so as i am heading out this panic attack hits me out of nowhere i'm crying for a good better part of an hour now i'm good at compartmentalizing and it's a part of my condition, but also it's something that I've really used to my advantage. I know that it's something that occurs. And so when I need to put things aside, especially for something like this, something for work, I'm able to compartmentalize and go back and process it at a later time. So I took a picture because I I did have like a brief moment of clarity, eyes puffy, snot rolling down my face, tears everywhere, which is but. but I did have a moment of clarity and took a picture so I could remember the moment. We always talk about, you know, social media especially, always having these fun times, these great moments of smiles and laughter, but it's not really real. And I always want to make sure that I am providing you with what's really real. And so I did post a photo and, and shared a part of the story. But in the moment, and I didn't talk about this on IG, but in the moment, all these questions, in addition to stop crying, Kelly, like get yourself together, All of these questions started racing through my mind, right? Like, oh my God, what if you fall? Or what if you're too slow and you get left behind? What if they all laugh at you? Like we're adults, they're not going to laugh, but right. What if you're too fat to pedal, right? What if you get a flat tire and you don't know how to change your tire? What if you don't this? What if you don't that? What if you don't? All of these questions are just swirling around my head. It was completely overwhelming. Now, listen, first of all, let me just say, I don't think I have fallen off of a bike since I was eight. I still have the scar to prove it. So that wasn't the issue. Right. Even um, with spending time with my thoughts and looking at the circumstances, I figured that it's boiled down to fear of embarrassment and fear of abandonment. Now, those two things. And for multiple reasons why those two things popped up, but those two things are a part of something I live with in my condition, uh, more so abandonment over embarrassment. But the embarrassment piece is what causes the attack at times. So the overarching what ifs was really, you know, embarrassment and abandonment. Now, I allowed myself to feel all, and I mean all of the feelings. Right, I I just let myself cry. I didn't try and pretend like it wasn't happening. I didn't try and push my way through. I I know what these are like for me, and I just needed to let it happen. And so I cried. I felt all the feelings. Once I was a little bit better, I um I reached out and told him I wasn't coming and talked to one of my girlfriends. Shout out to Alexa. You can follow her at Edoff Art and um alexa jones she's an amazing chef she's also the project manager for this project and so once i was able to like breathe and see straight and she's sending me all these words of encouragement and affirmation you know i'm like i'm good i'm okay i gotta get out here and get on my bike and i went for a ride in solidarity with the riding group but also for me right like those guys were already gone they might have been finished with their ride by the time i got on my bike but i needed to. Uh, I needed to get out there because, as much as I wanted to lay in the bed and rest and take a good nap, you know, how good you sleep after a hard cry. I wanted that. I was feeling it. I knew it would be good, but I needed to show me that I was not going to let me get the best of me, right? This wasn't about anybody else. This wasn't about the cycling group. It wasn't about my girlfriend. It wasn't about anything. It wasn't about anything except for me needing to show me that I was not going to let me get the best of me. That is what I'm talking about when I say, you know, ask yourself the question, keeping it real with you, being accountable only to you. No one knew that those thoughts were going through my mind except for me. And and so I I go out on my ride and I think I did about 10 miles, which again is you know not nothing to sneeze at. I am proud of of every push of the pedal, but it felt good to move. It felt good to ride. It felt good to feel the breeze, even though my face was super puffy and swollen. Again, who I don't care about that part, right? But. I'm sharing that with you because I'm still, I haven't fully recovered from this place that I was in, but a part of the recovery was going on that ride. So depending upon where you are in your journey, the way you recover, how you recover, how you heal is going to be different. Now, when I had panic attacks 10 years ago, I thought I was like, I needed to go to the emergency room. I actually did go to the emergency room. Because i I didn't know what was happening, I was passing out and going through all of these physical changes to find out that it was a mental health challenge. So now, for something like that to happen, one is not typical. I haven't had a panic attack in years, but there is some truth after all this examining. There was some truth to the why why was i having a panic attack at this moment and even though i was asking myself all of these questions that didn't seem to you know make sense what if i fall you know what if what if what if but truly it was my body protecting itself why because i was going on a ride with i consider them experts they may all laugh and be like we are not experts but compared to where i am in my journey right and where they are in their journey they're experts to me what takes me 3 hours they get done in an hour maybe even 45 (laughs) minutes. Right. And while I know that they would have, you know, either one written at a pace that was comfortable for me or two not have been offended had I left them and said, you guys go on, I'm going to go home. I'm on my bike. I can go left at any time. Right. I can go home. I'm grown. I don't have to stay right with people that I can't keep up with. But those thoughts, those logical thoughts that make sense were not um, easily accessible to me in the moment. It was the panic. It was the fear. It was the overwhelmingness of the situation that had me bound. And so I'm sharing this story with you because I could have left it at this is just a panic attack. I'm good. Let me take a nap and everything will be all right later. But I've reached the point in my journey where I was able to feel the feeling, go through the emotions and then continue on. And I'm personally better for it because the push for me was going on the ride. Right. The push for someone else might have been just feeling the feeling. We're all at different places. And so. What I want to do um, next time is really dive into how I use some of my challenges to better myself, right, to, to really be a focal point of healing. So when you consider, um, and, and we'll go into what borderline personality is, and I'll have other folks come on and share their stories, but how it works, how it manifests, how it comes through in the world comes through in a way that's really debilitating at times. For the most part, those times have, have passed and hopefully are never to return. But I've done a lot of work to get to that place. And throughout the course of our time together, I'll be sharing all of that with you. But I wanted to share this accountability piece, this self-accountability, the acknowledging that you are the driver, that you are the one that makes the decision if you go left or right. You are the one that has to be open and honest with you about you, And sometimes it's going to be someone else that notices something about you that you might be oblivious to. And when that happens, it's taking that bit of information and saying, how is this resonating? Is this real? Is this really happening? Is this someone that I trust that sees something in me that I know, you know, has my best interest at heart and is able to, you know, kind of point me in the direction, best direction when needed and to be able to self-reflect. And I'm telling you all of this, not from like a therapy standpoint. You guys know I am not a therapist. I'm a mental health professional in that I am a mental health coach. I am a certified peer specialist here in New York State, but I don't diagnose. I'm sharing with you my journey, my story, my healing process in the hopes that maybe you're able to glean some things from it and apply it to your life. Can be a ear to someone that you love and care about. So the next time, which will be next week, we are going to dive into how I take some of the challenges, some of the signs and symptoms that are associated with some of my mental health challenges, and use them to my benefit. It's taken a while to get to this point to be able to do that, but I cannot wait really to share this project that I worked on unintentionally that was birthed from a mistake from an accident. So it is possible to take something that has gone wrong and to do something great with it. So join me next week, same time, same place. I would love for you to like, to subscribe, to share this podcast, Living the Front Seat Life with your friends, family, strangers, throw it up on your your timelines, just text random people with the link so that they come in and get a listen but I also want to give you some resources so if you are in crisis or you need someone to talk to the suicide prevention helpline is available 24 7 it is confidential it is free the number is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255 you can also text home to seven four one seven four one. now you do not have to be suicidal or um you know, on the verge of harming yourself in order to call the helpline. It's a helpline. So call if you need help. If you need to find resources, though, um, you kind of know what you're looking for, you just don't know where that type of service is. You can dial 211. It's a national network. Not in all areas, in most areas, it's funded by the United Way. So you can dial 211 on your phone or go to 211 in your browser and do a keyword search for life references, the resources that you may be needing. So until the next time, I encourage you to be the light. I am Kelly Marie, and you have been listening to Living the Front Seat Life.